welcome to Stories from A to Z with Mona P. I'm your host, Mona Pasanoff. If you are a new listener, you can learn more about me and my process of starting this podcast by listening to episode one. I invite you to subscribe to Stories from A to Z with Mona P. on SoundCloud or any other podcast platform. Subscribing is free. By subscribing, you will always have quick access to further episodes. Continuing with the Upper Peninsula theme, Jen Cousineau agreed to an interview. For those of us lucky enough to know her, she is first and foremost an artist. She admits she was a year old when the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club began. A non-agenarian, Jen shares how she came to live in the UP and how her art keeps her going. You'll hear her mention being saved from the couch when she was recovering from physical heart issues. She also talks about surviving heartache and the ever-present question, who am I? Members of the Hiawatha Art Club will recognize the names Tilly Smith and Barb Hobbs, close and dear friends of hers. On the A to Z with Mona P Facebook page, there are photos of Jen and her artwork. You will see the flower picture she talks about creating with the palette knife, dirty pour art, and some of her stained glass and other paintings. Hi, Jen. Welcome to my podcast and for being willing to let me interview you. No problem. Okay. And here we are at your house with the beautiful view of Lake Michigan. Right. So let's start with that. What brought you to the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club? Well, I had a friend that lived near me in Rochester, Michigan. And they were out looking for places to retire. She came to my house and said, you've got to listen to me and what I say. She said, I found the ideal place for you. She said they bought a lot here on the club and told me all about the club. And I said, well, that sounds really interesting, but we're not ready to retire yet. So she said, well, why don't you come up and visit and see where we bought our lot and and take a look at it and see what you think. So we did. We went up here and we went around the roads, found the roads bumpy and narrow and Lots of bugs, and I said, who would want to live up here? There's so many bugs. <laughs> it was terrible. Kids were screaming and everything in the car, and we got sort of stuck on the road, so our first experience wasn't too good. <laughs> that That is pretty funny. Yeah. So when was that, and who was that friend? That Was, was that Barbara Hobbs? No, that was uh, Dorothy Galley. And uh, we, we became best friends in, in Rochester, Michigan. And so they moved up here, and we helped them move. And again, the experience wasn't good because we had to cross a bridge, and we had trucks. It was snowing. It was Easter, but it was snowing, and we couldn't get into the house. And we froze that night, trying to keep warm because the heat wasn't on yet. So I still, again, said, no, this is not for us. <laughs> But as we came up more and more, we visited with them and we got to know the club. It kind of kept growing on us. We started looking at lots to see what they cost. 
and we found this lot right here and I said I want to be on the lake the big lake and so this is what we found and here we are why the big lake versus the small lake or okay. the river when when I was a child my parents owned a place on Lake Erie and I was used to that big lake except that it was in sort of a subdivision on the on the lake and it wasn't right on the lake, it was off on a side road. I kept thinking when I was little that if I ever get to buy a house, I'm gonna buy one on the big lake and I wanna live right on the beach. And that's kind of what I had in my mind all the time. So this is it. Those who don't know, we are looking out, today is a rainy day, the lake is very choppy, there's yeah. white caps out there, and it always looks like an ocean. That's how it Yes, because you can't see the other side. Yeah, it's huge. just your, the horizon is there, and it just looks like... Forever. Forever. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you got your dream. I got my dream. So nice. your husband was on board with you. Oh, yeah. He wanted to live on the river, and I said, no, nope, I'm not living on the river. If you want to come up here, you're going to have to live on the lake <laughs> with me. Now that we know about how you wound up at Hiawatha, let's switch to how you wound up being an artist when it started your earliest memories. Actually, it started when I was in elementary school, and it was a Catholic school. And for some reason or other, the, the nun thought that I was good in art, and she asked me to paint a Santa Claus on the big black. And without any doubt, I went up there and painted, so I didn't know. I just went up there. I don't even remember what the painting looked like now. <laughs> but I remember that she had the confidence in me to let me paint. And so from that point on, I think I just kind of always liked someone or something that creating something and the friends that I picked were kind of interested in art too. Then I had a girlfriend uh, in the, the probably the eighth grade that used to like to draw Betty Boop and all those little characters so I started to draw with her and we were kind of competing and having fun drawing with these little cartoon characters. <laughs> From that point on I got into high school and I also found another friend who loved to draw and paint and do things, so we both went and signed up in the art class. And we had a wonderful teacher. She was an elderly lady. She was just soft-spoken and really sweet. She kind of liked what we were doing, and we enjoyed her very much. And, and we took all the art classes we could until we graduated. And I never thought about it as a career at all until I talked to the art teacher and me into teaching art and told me what to do. So she sent me to the counselor and the counselor also got me going on that and he uh, said, I think the perfect place for you to go would be to a teacher's college, which at that time was Michigan State Normal. And then later in a few years, it was more university. They changed it. I signed up and I went in and he also told me that I should go into teaching art. So that's kind of how it started but then at that point I was thinking like last night, who am I? That's a great question. Who am I? And here I am 
away from home, never left home before, gone off to school, I have all new friends, and I started to search what I wanted to do. And I kept asking myself, well, I really don't know who I am. And I have to find out what it is I want. Do I have the ability to learn all this stuff? And am I smart enough for this stuff? And it was just kind of working at me all the time. I stuck it out and I really, I just really lucked out with good teachers. I really did. One was a woman, one was the man. They were both the heads of the department and they liked me really well and it made me feel good because I felt like for the first time, I think that I might make a good art teacher. <laughs> but I never felt like I was worthwhile. I just always felt, nah, I'm not that good. I'm just not that good. So I kept learning. I kept watching what other people did, what other kids did, and trying to look at things differently and learned a lot from my classes and the teachers' uh, encouragements. Oh my goodness, I had so much encouragement from them. What great insight and realizations you had as a college student. So what grade did you want to teach when you came out of um, I always wanted to teach high school and then eventually college. I don't think I ever got to the college part. Maybe now because I'm teaching people that have graduated here in my studio. But I just, uh, I did want to teach high school because I thought they were more interested in art, uh, more appreciative of learning that stuff. I wanted to be serious about it. I wanted the kids to learn how to do things the right way meaning giving all the background that I knew I had and how to be creative. It was just uh, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it very much. I taught at uh, Rochester Junior High. I had ninth and 10th grade. Then I, I got married and I uh, decided to have some children. So I had five children and that sort of interfered my artwork a little bit. <laughs> So I was concentrating on that part of my life. So here I am again. What am I doing? Who am I? Where am I going with all of this? And I just was always concerned about what my future was going to be like. I tried hard to be a good teacher. I just tried never to put anybody down or get angry with them. And I just tried to encourage them all the time and to be my better half. There you go. <laughs> That's wonderful. So are any of your children artistic? My daughter is. My grandchildren are. Okay. I have two granddaughters that are very interested in it. And of course they come up here and they paint. How fortunate they are to have you to work with them and teach them. Oh well, they love to do it and they see what I'm doing and they say, well I want to try it. Teach me how to do this and so back I am again as a teacher. The studio that you have upstairs, was that originally here when you built the house? No, no, that came a little later, after I joined Peyton Place. Okay, which is a great segue. Yeah. Tell us about when did you join Peyton Place? Well, again, was my friend that brought me up here. <laughs> she said, well, I've joined Peyton Place. They've got an art club here. So she's, come on, we're going to go and get you signed up. And so she did that. and. I just sat there and watched, enjoyed the people that were there and saw what they were doing. And I thought, that's a good place to be and a good place to 
find people that have the same interests as I do, and that's where I met Barb, my best friend, and a lot of good people that I've met there, and it was fun. They had art shows, and uh, they had classes, and it was so stimulating, and I felt I was back in school again. So. <laughs> so when you joined, how long until you took on a little bit of the teaching? Like sharing your skills with the Well, others. they asked me if I would teach some classes, so I did. I taught them uh, painting, just a watercolor painting we started with. And I did a few classes. First thing you know, I've been elected as president of the club. <laughs> Here I go again. I'm going another direction. So I, I said, well, I can do it. If everybody else took a turn, I'll take a turn, too because it's hard to get people to do things like that. So I did that for a few years, I think two or three years I did it. And in the meantime, we had art shows every year. I took on the uh, running of the art shows, got that experience. And then Barb and I did it a few times together and slowly things were rolling right along. Well, as we got going with the art show, we decided that other people should have that same experience, so we were trying to get new people to come in and, and be presidents or run the art shows, which has happened now. But they also had classes for little children, the children that came up to uh, the club, and the kids just loved it, and Tilly Smith was just uh, really into it at that time and she was teaching all the classes. I never got into that. I'd like to teach the older ones again. I did that a few times. But it was still finding out who I am. I just never felt that I had the ability to teach those things. I just, I've always had a very low self-esteem. Why, where does that come I from? I don't know, I don't know. I just never felt I was good enough for any Thing like that. I just thought I was plugging along and playing more than anything. The response to my work has been rewarding. When I got into the shows and I was selling stuff, I thought, hmm, maybe I'm not so bad. <laughs> so I kept working at it and working at it. And I just love creating things. I don't know. I look outside here and I see that lake and I just really would like to go up and get my paintbrush out. You do watercolor, you paint, but you also have gotten into stained glass. Right. When did that come about? That came about when we made a move that my husband got a new job in Battle Creek. And Kellogg Community College had a little thing going there. We were only about two miles or so from the college. And we bought a split-level house that had great big windows in it. And it looked so bare. And I just sat there looking at that, and I had to do something with those windows. And I happened to go by the college, and then I looked up their little brochure, and they got stained glass glasses in there. And I thought, hmm, that'd be a good thing to put up in that window. So I signed up for the class. So you actually did stained glass before you even moved up here? Oh, yeah. Oh, so you've done it a long time. I didn't a long that. time, okay. yeah. Over, I think, over 50 years now, yeah. Now, by that time, I should be really good, but I don't think I am yet. You don't think so, but based on the pieces that you had at the art show, you are very good. Uh, well, I'm average, let's say, compared to the professionals. Well, 
you know, if we always compared ourselves to others, we would I never... guess not. But maybe it's because they want to be good. I want to be better, and I want to improve. And I know when things are not done right, and I redo them and start all over again and until I get what I want. When you start, do you sketch in a notebook first? Like no, how do I you don't get do. your ideas? I don't. They're up there in my head. <laughs> and you just get the materials I, I see start. something and I think, okay, I think I'd like to do that. I mean, like that just come out of my head. I just saw a picture in a magazine. I thought, God, that would be really good, but I'm going to do it in palette knife instead of a brush and see what happens. No brush strokes. It's all palette knife. Can you describe the palette knife for us? the palette knife, that's a very thin blade with a point on it, and they come in different sizes, have a handle on it. Yeah. So if you need a real fine piece like the center of the flowers there, I use a thin palette knife with this little small sharp edge. For the wide, big pieces, I use the bigger palette knife. My big concern was the impact that the painting would have when people first look at it. What do they think? Well, mainly, I had a lot of design classes and color classes. So I went by, you know the story, blue, big flower, little flower, small flower. One of my teachers say mama bear, papa bear, and baby bear. That has to be in your pit to go with it and create a design. So about how long ago did you make that? Uh, probably a couple years. Okay, so more recently. Yeah, more recently. Excellent. And I don't want to sell it because it's... I just have never done another palette knife one, but I want to do more. I like doing new things all the time. Which is wonderful. And you got into the pouring. What is Oh, that was pour? interesting. The dirty pour, yeah. I had two, well, Linda Swan and Andrea Eberhardt, two people that I've gotten to know since I'm up here. Linda's in the art club. <clears throat> um, Andrea's a self-taught artist. She does things very realistic and very European style. Very, very good good artist. Uh, they came over after I got sick and we're getting you off of that couch. I'm getting you up in your studio. We're going to paint. So I, I said, okay. It's about time I got off that couch. So we got up there and we started painting. And we had a lot of fun. Just everybody doing their own thing. It, and sharing ideas, and once a week we got together. And then I thought to myself, we're doing the same thing all the time. Here's me again. <laughs> i got to do something different. <laughs> so I said to him, hey, I said, I went on the Internet, and I saw this dirty pouring technique. And I said, I think that we ought to break our pattern here and try something new just to get us to think in a different way, go a different direction. Now let's just have fun and, and just try that. Oh, we did. And we it was started. a great success. Oh, we had a show what? over at the Erickson Center. Yes, yeah, we put our stuff in the show. We all sold something, and we've been going ahead with that, creating new ideas, creating new uh, techniques, and trying to use the paints and the the chemicals differently. And just having a lot of fun exploring. 
And Linda Swan did a dirty pour with the art club members last summer. Right. I'm, I attended. Did I you love, really? Yes, and I'm so proud of my picture. I have it hanging in my There house. you go. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun. It was really it's fun a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> it can be, yes. Yeah, and it's it's not a cheap thing. I mean, it got, keeping up with the paints and the chemicals and all your equipment, and my on top of that, my studio has got paint blotches all over it. <laughs> it's, it's a mess. But we've had so much fun, and we take a look at each other, and they'll say, how did you do that? And I say, well, I did this and this. Then Linda does something unusual, and she'll say, okay, Linda, what did you do now? And we were back and forth kind of teaching each other up there, and we've just had more fun doing that. Does your art have a message? It's more an answer to people when they say, I can't draw a straight line. Anybody can do anything that they want if they put their mind to it. So I give them the art lesson, and I give them the paint, and I said, now go. Start painting and see what you can do. And that was a lot of fun because kids would and grown-ups would just never think they could do anything. But once they started and they learned how, they're good. They, you know, they've accomplished something. And then I feel good that I taught them something new in life. You are so positive, and that always comes across through your art and with your art. Like you may not feel that, but that's what you give to, to us, to the members in the art club, to the people in your life. You have a joyful personality. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and being in this house, it feels warm. It feels comfortable. And that's an expression of you. I just love I don't know. I just enjoy it because I, the kids enjoy it when they come here, all my grandchildren. Okay. It's just been a, a joy for me to replace a lot of hard issues, you know, the things that have happened that are sad. So when you do your art, then it helps to work it, through the It works sadness. through me, yeah. I kind of get rid of all the problems that have happened through my life. That takes away. Go upstairs and forget about it and paint and have fun. Thank you for sharing that. That's such an important statement. We meet people in our lives on the surface. Yeah. We don't know what else is going on for them when we meet them. There can be sadness. There can be loss. There can be things, stresses. I mean, oh, look at the yeah. time we're living in. And art is such an expression, a way to express our creativity and get rid of all of that. What makes me sad is that they're just continuing a lot of art classes, even in the elementary schools and in the high schools, and I always felt like these kids have to have an outlet. They need to express themselves other than in words. And I thought, that's going to be really sad if they don't have art classes. Because I think that it's really important, more than people know. I agree. All right, what else would you like people to know? That I'm happy up here in the Upper Peninsula. I love it here. I like the club, and that started about the year I was born, 27, I think was the beginning of the art yes. club. And I'm born in 1926. Ah, oh, <laughs> so, so you're a year older than I'm the club. I'm a year older than the club, okay. yeah. And I think uh, it's been wonderful living up here. It's peaceful, it's quiet. 
you're away from shopping and everything, but you don't miss it too much. Especially uh, now that we have the internet. Yeah, no, yeah, right. I still have to conquer that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was all night long, I kept thinking, really, the, the whole thing is who am I? And what have I contributed to this world when I'm gone? That's a big question with an even larger answer. So <laughs> did you come up with the answer? No, I didn't. Okay. So I guess I'm still looking. Okay, then next summer... Or next year, when I come back up, yeah, we'll do another interview and we'll have part we'll see two. how I've progressed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. Is that a deal? Yeah, that's a deal. Okay. All right, Miss Jen, I want to thank you so much for talking with me like this. Hello, it's a pleasure. We'll do it again. Oh, certainly. And let's see if I can get better. <laughs> thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to leave a quick like just by clicking on the little like hand or leave a comment about the podcast on the site that you use to listen or on my Facebook page. As always, I would appreciate your sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, this is Stories from A to Z with Mona P.